0: Hi guys and welcome to this first episode of Remember to Breathe and before we begin this podcast I'd like us all just to take a few moments just to ground back into our bodies and just to take a breath so I invite you now just to sit down stop what you're doing maybe not if you're driving but please just close down your eyes for a moment and just pause feel your feet on the ground tune into your heart beating in your chest. And whatever thoughts arise, just acknowledge them and let them go. And together now we're just gonna take a big deep breath in through the nose, deep into the belly, and let it out with a sigh. Thank you so much. So welcome. My name's Jess, I'm a soma breath, transformational coach and breath therapist. And we're going to begin this podcast. And I'm just going to say the electricity has just gone (laughs) So if we start sweating and get a little bit warm, we'll hope that the fans will come on in a moment. But as always in Sri Lanka, the electricity is a little bit unknown. (laughs) But welcome. Welcome to this podcast. Welcome. And first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving us your time and your attention. Those are your two most valuable currencies, because everything is demanding our attention these days. So for you to take this time out of your day, to come and listen to us, to share this experience of us, we're so grateful. So this podcast, I want you to imagine like a monthly check-in, like just a way for you to ground in, assess what's been going on this month, what you've been feeling, what you've been going through, and really just allow yourself to discover to discover yourself, to maybe look at your life from a a larger perspective and really just instead of viewing things are happening to you, just to start to alchemize and really see your life from a different lens. So thank you so much for joining. And Angelo, I'd love it if you could just introduce yourself.
1: So my name is Angelo and I've been on a self-development journey after COVID, like a lot of us who, COVID was a period where we found that kind of figuring out who we were and that little pause that we needed. So throughout that journey, going through meditation, yoga, stuff like that, I came across Breathwork. And the first Breathwork workshop I went for was Jesser. (laughs) And that's how I came across her. And after that, I got close with her and her partner. And then I think beyond that we went on trips together i focused on branding for her aligned energy brand and from there we decided to start this podcast and share what we have learned with everyone else so Jess do you want to explain to everyone about your workshops
0: of course of course and that's a really nice way of explaining it i think you know it's We've come together in different business ventures Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. It's really just expanding. And I think both of us are here just to kind of share our experiences because I think it can sometimes feel a little bit lonely, right? You Mm -hmm. feel like so many changes when you start changing your life. And it's really important to remember that there are people out there that resonate with you, that are like you. And it does take a little bit of courage to make these changes. So I think it's very much needed for people to hear just our experience really. But yeah, so I run two, I run, sorry, a workshop every month here in Colombo, and that's an immersive breathwork experience workshop, and what exactly does that mean? So that's somatic release techniques, that's breathwork, that's intention setting, that's meditation, and... Really, it's like a full body workshop that allows you to get out of your mind back into your body. And the kind of formula I use is let go, align, create. So we let go of the past. We let go of things that you've been holding onto, to patterns, to programs, to things that no longer serve you and holding you back. And then what do we next do? We align. We align with what feels authentic with you through intention setting, through getting really clear of where you want your energy to go. And then finally, with the power of the breath work, we create, we raise our vibrational energy. And this formula, let go, align, create, is something you'll hear me speaking a lot about because I think it's just so beautiful and so simple. Um, And it's a really powerful way to really adapt. Reset your energy and know what you're ready to let go of, what you want to align with, and what you want to create in your life. So I think it's really powerful,
1: and that's going to be the structure of the podcast as well.
0: So if we'll try to stick to it, the structure (laughs) of the podcast: (laughs) let go, align, and create. Exactly. So I guess we can talk about what last month's uh, workshop was, which was an authentic self workshop. And if we talk about authentic self, then we first have to kind of discuss okay, let go. What do I have to let go of if I want to align with my authentic self? And that's shadow. Mm -hmm. And shadow can seem a little heavy, and it's like, okay, what is shadow? And the way I see it is, is shadow is a part of yourself that you hold blame, shame, or perhaps you've deemed unlovable, or you want to hide from the world you imagine like a shadow is the opposite of light. Mm-hmm. So the light is the part of you that's joyous, that's just out there, that's sharing, that's shining. And the shadow part of yourself is something that maybe you hold, you know, you don't want anyone to see. And often these behaviors of shadow is something that we pick up from childhood and it's a coping mechanism. And we, you'll see us discussing, I think, quite a lot about things to do with childhood. And it's no blame. We're Mm -hmm. looking at things from like a larger perspective. And it's really important just to kind of analyze these things. It's not our parents did the best they can with what they had at the time. And that's the responsibility we need to take as adults as well. But we can kind of look back and see like, oh, is that actually something that I'm holding on to that doesn't feel good in my body anymore or doesn't align with the person I want to be? So shadow is something really important. And we went over this in the workshop and it was really lovely, you know, we all shared mm-hmm. what shadow was and it can seem a little bit intimidating sharing your shadow, but I think as soon as we out our shadow, we feel really empowered.
1: Yeah. I think, I think when you mentioned the word shadow, it was very confusing for me because like I've never related the word shadow with anything negative because it's just like usually, you know, your shadow. But when you explain the idea of like shame, blame, and like how it's the darkness, but it always follows you around, like your shadow, that made so much sense. <laughs> I love and, that. like yeah, I could I could relate to that well and like I saw that in a different light. That it's always there with you. Even if you think you're like hiding it and like putting it deep inside, it still follows you around. So I feel like that was very important. And at the workshop. Just hearing other people sharing also and having those similarities was like, oh, I'm not in this alone. Like, those shames are maybe not just like parents, it's like culturally, you know, on a larger scale. Where it's like, we all feel this because there was some sort of pressure around us. And that was really nice to hear. That was kind of relieving in itself.
0: I think I think you put it perfectly like shadow can be like, maybe something your parents have put on you, mm. or maybe something society has put on you, or maybe something you've even put on yourself. Exactly. And like you said, in the workshop that the thing that was so amazing is that we sat in this circle and everyone's vulnerably sharing their shadow or something that's been holding them back. And pretty much everyone said that they felt misunderstood. Mm. Yeah. And I remember sitting there in a room full of people being like, everyone in this room feels misunderstood which is almost like a misunderstanding in itself. Mm. Like if everyone feels misunderstood, then no one's misunderstood. Yeah. But you know what I mean? So as soon as we out, it's like, oh, I do not feel like anyone understands me or this kind of thing. It's gonna be like, oh, actually, you almost let a little bit go when you just say it out loud. Yeah. And these are definitely things, like our shadow is holding us back. And when we bring this conscious awareness into our shadow, we really empower ourselves. And you know, you feel that energy, right? Of a shadow, Mm. like of the shame, the embarrassment. And there is healthy embarrassment, you know, society does have to keep us in rules, but I don't know. I feel like when we manage to out our shame, like you just feel this like elation of energy, Mm. right? It's really beautiful.
1: I think something important, the word you use blame as well. I feel like a lot of people struggle with that in terms of like when you start, Being inquisitive about where does this, like shame, stem from, like it's always something external, and most of the times it's like upbringing or parenting or school or society, right? And then you feel like, oh, am I blaming them for this? And this was a like question I had a lot. And after the shame work, the shadow workshop, only I kind of looked at it and I questioned it because I was like, okay, what's the line for? Am I blaming them by looking into this and, like, figuring out that's where it stems from? Or is it more of me just being curious? And then kind of what I fell on was the idea of if I'm to say that they... It's the way I phrase it. It's if I say they did this to me, then that's blame. But rather if I view it as something that's passed down, it's like an inheritance. You know, that's a positive of it. Like, inheritance is like, oh like my grandparents or my ancestors got this wealth and now they're passing it down throughout the family. Yeah. So when it comes to this, like, you know, shame and all of that, it's like, okay, it's passed down. It's not that my parents or grandparents did this to me. This is something that was passed down to them and now they're passing it down to me. So then it's my responsibility to how, what I do with that. Right? So it's like the inheritance, you get it, what do you do with it? Do you spend it? Do you keep it to give it to your next generation? So it's like that, do I take the shame, pass it on? Or do I take it and change it and like either get rid of it and then pass that down? So that was very important for me when it came to the blame aspect to figure out, okay, where am I actually blaming? And where am I actually just being curious to know where it comes from so that then whenever that trigger or that kind of behavior comes up, I can observe it and be like, oh, this is a moment. Because yeah. I looked into it and I figured out these are the moments, these are the stuff that made me have this shape. So this is a moment for me to kind of see if I can change the behavior and catch those opportunities.
0: That's so beautifully put. I think, like, especially the word inheritance, right? We kind of think that it comes with a positive. Exactly. Like, I have gained something yeah. from you. You have given me something. But, I, you know, I don't want to use positive and negative so much. But, you know, there is also the negative yeah. side of it where, like, you've you've given me something unconsciously. And I think also we are from a generation where we're actually really blessed Mm. because we do have, because of all the security and the safety that our parents, our grandparents have passed down, we have like come to a time, especially in a post COVID world, like you say, where we're all given the gift of time, whether we wanted it or not. But I think we were all given some clarity with it mm. during that time and I think we definitely have the tools the resources the mindset the dialogue to yeah, discuss yeah. things that aren't even you know that weren't even in our even our parents generation yeah. and especially their generation before like they didn't have the time the energy to even process this stuff exactly. and we are so lucky to be able to do that now
1: and I think also the awareness of it mm. cuz it's like all those come from like we have the benefit of being able to actually now see me coming across your workshop even like stuff like social media where you can freely advertise your stuff, someone can share it and someone who really wants it can come across it and come for a workshop but in that time it was just there was no internet so it's just like your household, your family like in the house what happens, your school and your church or your religious you know entity, those were the communities and whatever happens there and is said there, and whoever governs that body, whatever they say goes. So everyone is under that same kind of, you know, there is no external thing for like, oh, it can be different. I can think in a different way. Or like, this behavior might be something that's negative for me. So, like, I feel like those also are like we are blessed with the fact that we have that access to information and different perspectives, different mindset, the access to tools. And like people with the knowledge on those tools that we can easily just freely access and like use those in our lives. So that's why I see that as such a blessing and I agree with you on this.
0: It's such a blessing and you're right. Like you think about, even when we're growing up, like technology then to technology now yeah. and how mind blowing it is because it's just like you can access anything you want. And yes, it takes responsibility for you to choose what you're accessing and whether exactly. you're going to believe everything you hear. But yeah. like imagine we do have it ingrained in our DNA, this like FOMO or not wanting to be different. Like we are, we need a society to live. Like mm. we, otherwise you think all the way back in time when we lived in tribes and if you were thrown out, like you wouldn't survive. Yeah, exactly. So we have that in our DNA, like brought down that we need to feel included and we need to be connected. And we, you know, we're human beings. We we're all about community and collaboration. Mm. But I guess then it would have been like, no, you're wrong. and there's no evidence right this is what I've been told so you have to believe this and normally when someone's triggered because you question them they're not triggered by your question they're actually triggered by the 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 question then they ask themselves because if you're thinking differently and you're acting differently in uh, how, how to explain this well instead of being like the attention isn't really on you, it's more like what they haven't done. So for example, like if you're young and you can travel a lot more now and you're traveling around and you're going from country to country and country and your parents are like, I don't get this, why do you want to do this? It's almost like they're saying, why isn't this good enough? Why isn't my life good enough? Why haven't I achieved enough? That kind of thing. So I guess back then, now we can just see how hundreds of millions of people are living their lives in different ways and we can accept More of ourselves through seeing that.
1: Mm, Definitely. And I also feel like in that instance it's also the like you mentioned, them seeing it in themselves, but I also feel triggers come up from not the question being asked, but the response you got when you asked that question from someone you looked up to. Like let's say even if it's a parent, right? And like you ask them a certain question and the way they responded. At that age, that seemed like, okay, that is the truth. That is the way it is. So when someone else asks you that question, it's like this is how to respond to that question. Because yeah. like when you're kids, you're just a sponge, right? You like mimic and do everything anyone around you does. So like I feel like those triggers that like are instilled in childhood are just you responding to that question in real time now with how someone you know, responded to you when you asked that question.
0: Exactly, it's like, it's not, it's not a conscious like, yeah, response. Exactly. It's not like me in the present moment making decision. It's just an answer. Yeah. It's just like a pattern or like a program, like programmed in response. This is how I'm tuned in to respond by this question exactly. instead of like, you know okay, how does that relate to me? How does, oh, I, this is my, it's just rehearsed. It just like scripted comes out because yeah. someone's planted that seed in you. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really interesting. And I think with shadow, there's lots of, so many different realms you can go mm. down. And I, I think a really important thing just to ask yourself is like, perhaps where have you been hiding? You yeah. know, like, that's a really powerful one. Like, why are you afraid to be seen? Mm. And like, honor the shame that comes up in your body and don't feel like you have to hide from it. And it's not necessarily about loving every single part of yourself. Exactly it's about accepting that the person you are right now in this present moment has gone through everything to get here and you are perfect and you're exactly where you're meant to be Mm -hmm. and everything that lesson has made you the person who you are and I think that's the power of integration of shadow it's not hiding I I can just think of still the shadow following me around and like (laughs) (laughs) imagining someone trying to hide from their shadow it's like standing courageously in front of your shadow being like I've made some bad decisions in my life but you know what they've they make me stronger mm. or they've made me, you know, have better judgments now. And exactly. we can't erase what we've gone through. And instead of holding on to that shame, you know, we hold onto it to our bodies. We tense ourselves, you know, when the shame comes up or the embarrassment, we feel it, right? That mm. flood comes in, you tense yourself up, the, the anxiety or the energy gets stuck and you're like, oh my gosh, your nervous system just like goes into like fight and flight yeah. mode and you're just like frozen. You're out of the present moment. And it's really just like, like you say, bringing in that awareness. Mm. you like, bring in, oh, I'm triggered, or I, yeah. I, I feel embarrassed, or I feel shame. Honor it. And yeah. I'm not going to ask for it to let go. I'm just we're going to first become aware of it. I like, feel yeah. ashamed. I feel, and like, this takes a bit of practice, yeah. but I think it's really important to think we're not about, oh my gosh, I love every aspect of myself, but it's that I can accept yeah. all parts of myself.
1: Yeah, because I feel like what you just said, that like, loving all parts, like, saying that everything about you is good. It's like that toxic positivity in a sense. And in that sense, you're not being authentic. You're lying to yourself. Because it's not all good. So like for me, the idea of shame is such a good like lesson. Because when you go through that shame also, like for example, for me, when like growing up, I still to this day, I still love stuff like cartoons and animations and stuff. And, like, now looking, I went through that whole shame process because no one else understood that. And like, even in my household, it was, like, oh, cartoons are for kids. Like, why are you watching that? About something like news or sports or something, which is more, you know, adult kind of things." Yeah. So, like, why are you doing that? So, I had that shame, but I didn't know how to explain why I enjoyed it even. Because to me, also, in society, cartoons are made for kids. Right? Like, that's what you're told. And, like, it's on a kids' TV channel. And, like... The signs are there that is made for kids. But like later looking at it, I understood like how much it taught me about thinking outside the box. Cause it's the process that goes behind creating those, where you can build worlds, build characters. And these are all fictional, but they're so relatable also. Cause through the artists, they kind of bring a glimpse of themselves into the characters. And the creation process is what was fascinating to me. And like Realizing that, so when I was small, it was always like, I'd be the only one who likes animations and cartoons. So like, I'd watch that alone at home. So it felt kind of like lonely, like I didn't belong. But then my brother and my parents have a common interest, which was sports, and they loved it. And like, so if there's a game going on, they're like, watch it together. And and I was like, like, why can't I enjoy that? What's the difference? Like, why don't I have that same interest? But then now looking at it, I don't understand their interest there, but I understand how there could be, even though I don't understand it, someone else could have an interest in it. Yeah. Because that's the way I was. I had such an interest in it. I couldn't explain it, but then no one else got that interest. But then like later on, like now I started buying comic books. I found comic book shops and the guys who sell it, they love comic books. Like, they talk about it like, men. I'm like, oh, there are others who have this interest. It's just my little bubble didn't have people who were as interested as me. And going for stuff like Comic-Con, like seeing people dressing up as the character, I'm like, I like I can't go that far. <laughs> like, I, I still have that shame. Yeah. But like, that's crazy. Like, there are people who are even more interested in this than me. Like, putting the time and effort into creating those costumes and wearing it and coming in public places, like, that was amazing. So stuff like that, Is really nice. Like the shame, you can use it as something to understand other people. Even though it doesn't make sense to you, if you have felt shame in it, you can be like, oh, that interest, even though I don't get it and a lot don't get it, they can have an interest in it. So, like, dig deeper. Like, why are you interested in this? Ask those questions. Like, if you see someone in shame and, like, I like this thing, but I don't want to talk about it because no one else gets it, like, maybe you won't understand the general interest, but it's like, when you start asking the deeper questions, you are like, "Oh, you like being a creative. You yeah. like how they like think outside the box. You like the imagination of this." And then those aspects you can find common ground, and like that was fascinating for me to even talk to people and like find those interests in the stuff that I don't understand or I don't have interest in.
0: Yeah, I think that's Finding the beauty that. of it. Like not just seeing it on the superficial level, and the way you described it now is just it's so true. Like. Uh, that's for kids
1: yeah it's labeled you know it's beard. like that's for yeah. children
0: that's not society it does not accept it and you need to grow up and get yeah. over it and it's like there's so much conditioning around that and it's like actually no why i'm not going to be held in that shame i'm not going to sit alone in my room and watch this thinking i've done something wrong why do i like it and that's a great thing analyze it exactly. what do i enjoy about this like okay why am i holding on shame because society said that i'm too old for this why yeah why who said that because if someone's telling you that that's another subconscious pattern that they've just been told grow up they don't mean it but like you say if you can like analyze why you like things and build that confidence within yourself Mm. like i love the imagination i love the artist you know like the creation the being past the limits of the world we live in that you know we just your imagination can go wild and then you find other people like that exactly and that's also the gift of technology again right you can find other people you're no longer alone and it's just like okay why and this is a process right yeah we, yeah, yeah. To, we hold on to shame for quite a while and then In we there. have to first bring the awareness into it we, and then we also have to forgive ourselves because yeah. when we have shame conditioning we think we've done something wrong mm. so when we're kids we need our parents our family our caregivers to survive right yeah so when we're shamed and like i said there is healthy shame but sometimes maybe your parents weren't able to regulate themselves quick enough and again that's okay but when the shame's put on us we take responsibility because as a child you can't survive in the world Mm. so it's like the first ever coping mechanism of like i must have done something wrong can't be my parents because they're my providers. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. everything for me because you can't even compartmentalise in your brain the fact that they could do something wrong. That so they're human. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're just human. And they're it like just, gods do. you. Exactly, because yeah. they give you everything. They feed you. They change exactly. you. They, they give you everything you need to live. And it's that forgiveness of like, it's okay. I'm mm. into stuff that maybe not everyone's into. Or, yeah. you know, I... I don't feel like I fit in with everyone and it's like I forgive myself mm. and I look at that shame and I honor it and it's it feels icky to look at yeah because it's hard it's just like oh I don't like that part of myself but if you can really see it mm. and like stand in front of it and this is where meditation and visualization comes in so much and breath work because you breathe through you move that energy through your body and you kind of accept like I'm a little bit weird. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit geeky, but I'm not as a geek as that person. Yeah, as my, yeah. There's always going to be someone weirder than you. Exactly. And there's always going to be someone who's not as weird as you. Yeah. And it's just... And that
1: realisation, even me coming to those realisations, was after me going through the shame and trying all those other stuff. Trying to sports, trying watching sports, trying to like, see what's so interesting about it. Whether I, But like, I didn't have that interest that I didn't pursue of like, individual players, their names, what they're going to, their stats. Like, I couldn't see that interest. But when it comes to fictional character, <laughs> like, I, I know their whole story, when they're not even real. Yeah. And, like, that was a big argument. Also, like, they're not even real. Like, why are you so passionate about it? So after going through all of that only, after finding the tools to, like, like you mentioned, breathwork, meditation, all of those, I figured out how to, like, accept it and be like, yeah you clearly have an interest in this. You don't have an interest in this. Stop forcing it. Stop pushing it. And lean into this. Just like, look into it. Find if there are other people like this, other people talking about it. Just look into it. There's no harm in it. You can, yeah. and like, we're blessed enough to have the internet that no one else needs to know. Yeah. You're exactly. just like, looking out for all of this, you're like, oh, okay, there are more people. Yeah. Try to find people close to you and like, Expand it like that. But be curious. Yeah. That's the main thing.
0: And build up that confidence, like you say. If you need to do it slowly, do it slowly. Yeah. You need your nervous system to find safety within the being yourself. And it is so much easier to go with the flow, to pretend to like mm. other subjects, what people are into, just to fit in. But you're going to do yourself so much harm over time by just trying to fit in because it's tiring. Yeah, It is so tiring when you're like... I'm just going to like this because everyone else does and you're doing yourself such a disservice because, you know, this is why shadow ties so perfectly with authentic self. Because you came into this planet whole, worthy, you know, you chose to have a human experience right now at this moment in time. No one else sees the world like you see the world. And that's true no Mm. one sees it through like me looking at you and you looking at me like no one can even just see exactly how i'm seeing the world and that is a gift and you come with a series of talents and skills and a voice that no one else has you know you think of the billions of people that are in the world like no one has it like you do so when you suppress that when you try and fit in because that's what someone's told you you should do because it doesn't feel safe to do so Mm. like that's also the difference of like when you try and fit in and it doesn't feel right to when yeah. you have something that lights you up and you're like, I'm into this. The yeah. flow state, the kind of, this is what I'm really into. And it, it doesn't matter what you're into. It it matters how it feels in your body.
1: Exactly. And there's like a nice metaphor about what you said about doing the same thing, even like the way you see the world won't be the way I see the world. It's like, if two people walk through the same city on the same roads at the same time but one person is hungry and the other person isn't the person who's hungry is going to see all the restaurants but the person who's not will see whatever else interests them like whether it's the nice houses the trees the vehicles if they're into vehicles they'll see the vehicles on the road so like it's the exact same time situation location everything but the perception is so different and like what you take out of it yeah so like that's very important for people to like know that like the way you see the world no one else sees it that way
0: yeah and and you deserve to have a life you enjoy mm. and you deserve to focus your energy on things that you and your attention on things that light you up exactly and that yeah. you you deserve joy and excitement and it's not like this self-sacrificing life that we all <laughs> need to be like oh i'm working harder i'm more stressed i'm more miserable like uh, no you're allowed to find let joy be your starting point and mm. It definitely is discovery. And I think, you know, the the shadow aspect is very interesting of like, okay, where am I hiding myself? And then you can look into the authentic self yeah. like, what is authentic for me? And, you know, it's just like, like I said, like, what lights you up? Mm. What, those things that you lose hours doing and you really love doing and you're just like, oh, I lost myself, you know? And yeah. it's again, sometimes it actually can it's a really simple question. Like, what do you enjoy doing? What do you love? What do you value? What do you spend your money on? Like, pass bills and boring (laughs) stuff. But like, and you can kind of start to see a pathway of Mm. like the things that you really enjoy and follow that. But again, it takes courage. Yeah. Because a lot of society will tell you why you're doing that. Mm. Like, just be like everyone else. And you can't focus on that. You're selfish and all these kind of things. But you, it's almost like, I don't know how to say this like we owe it to ourselves to be Mm. authentic and we owe it to the world because when you're in a good mood you just project that energy out and everyone's in a good mood same if you're in a crappy mood like same thing like but if you're in a good mood and you raise your vibrational energy and you share that like it just love just multiplies Mm. and like people get the vibe off you or the energy off you and they're like, Oh my God, what have they got? And it's not about what they're particularly wearing or what they look like, how attractive they are in society or what everyone tells you how much money they're in. It's their, it's their energy. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, because they're in their authenticity Mm. and you're like, I want what they're, what they've got.
1: Exactly. And
0: it's, and it's not about, I want what they have. It's like, I want what they have, meaning I need to find that energy that's, resonates with me what's authentic Mm, to me
1: that's a big misconception a lot of people I feel like have because when they see a person being happy it's like oh if I have what they have I'll be happy not knowing that if you pursue your authenticity like they have and they're pursuing stuff that actually interests them then yes you'll be more happy so I think now moving on to authentic self what is what is authentic self to you
0: authentic self to me my authentic self is the person i am when i'm just completely in my element i'm in my energy i am it's really hard to articulate a feeling when you're like okay what's authentic to me I guess I can describe like what throughout my day feels authentic for me so for me like it's about you know having that element of peace of calm and these are you know words that that resonate with me and may not resonate for everyone but then it's you know okay so it's a lot to do with being of service, to showing people breath work, helping people discover themselves. That lights me up so much. That feels authentic for me. And then there's a side of me that's creative, has that creativity. Like, you know, it's just those, like, those feelings, like when you're outside, when you're in nature, when you see a sunset, like you get that feeling in your body that you're just like, ugh. Like, it's not particularly high or low. For me, it's like a a solid, like neutral. Mm. like it's not chasing the high of like i need the next excitement or i need to be fulfilled or like oh i'm really low and sticky we all have the the pendulum goes that way but for authenticity for me it's just that like grounded Mm. that really kind of grounded like and you even feel yourself like when it feels like a confidence kind of embodies over you (laughs) and you feel like your posture changes and you're like when you're in your authenticity you're like fuck yeah like this is me and i don't feel that shame i'm not gonna i'm just gonna be myself and own it yeah and that's not all the time (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. there are the waves but yeah
1: most of the time exactly oh no
0: that's i don't i think i think also it's like things change like Mm. i could sit and describe things that feel authentic for me at the moment but maybe in six months the tangible the outsourced things like you said the you see someone and you think that something has made them happy from external but really, it's just honing into that energy of authenticity. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah, doing those yeah. check ins, like, because we're always changing, we're always going through seasons. It's like, okay, well, how does the energy of authenticity manifest for me right now? Meaning, what do I spend my time, my energy, mm. my, what's really lighting me up? And then, you know, maybe in a year that changes. Of course yeah. it's gonna change. Of yeah. course it's gonna <laughs> change. Like, everything changes. And it's just like coming back to that feeling of like, what feels grounded in my body and what feels safe Mm. and what feels good.
1: Nice. Authentic self. Yeah, I feel like what you said is so true. It's so hard to put into words. Yeah. Because it's like, it's something that constantly changes as well.
0: Yeah.
1: But then for me, I feel like authentic self is that when it's again to do with the shame and stuff, where that is something I look at as if it was passed down. This is something that was cultivated during your childhood. Maybe something in it got you so excited that you can't even remember the memory, but it's instilled in you. And that kind of interest, like, perceives, like, goes throughout.
0: Exactly, and I think there's there's a lot of things when people are like, okay, authentic self, I don't know how to get back to it. Go back to your childhood. Mm. Like, go back to your childhood. Like, what did you do as a kid? Like, I remember, like, playing with worms, always being in the garden. Like, obviously, I think a lot of people have same things. And it doesn't matter. It's not about, oh, I did that too. You can't have that. No, like, like, or did you like to play? Did you like, you know, and go back to that childhood part of yourself.
1: And it's a matter of just trying those again. Like, it sounds silly. It sounds stupid. It sounds childish. But it's just, if you try those now, and they still excite you, there you go. That is something that has still persisted, even though maybe you have stopped doing it for years. But still that interest is there. And like, why not pursue it?
0: And like, also ask yourself, why did you stop? Mm. It's probably because you had a family, you had commitments of work. Yeah. All that conditioning that life put on us, these things that we need to do. You need to do these things. Yes, we have responsibilities. Yes, we need to earn money. Yes, we need to you know, have resources and protect ourselves and, you know, function in society. But most of the time it's like we stopped doing those things because someone told us to stop. Yeah. Or we didn't allocate the time because it was further down on the list. list, Because it's like you can't prioritize yourself. It's almost like this lack mentality of like if you're prioritizing yourself, you're not prioritizing someone else. There isn't enough to go around. So instead of like viewing it that way, it's like turning that on its head and being like, if I invested this much time and energy into my own well-being, think how well I'll look after my family. Mm. Because I think how well and how confident my kids will be when I can be the example exactly. and they subconsciously take on the fact that you are prioritizing yourself, your health, your energy, your well-being, and they take that forward. Like, that's the biggest gift. Mm. That is the biggest gift, but there is so much conditioning around that you can't exactly. allocate the time for that. I
1: think it's a transition from the what is called, the scarcity mindset to the abundance mindset where like things are not limited like they are abundant and what you mentioned about the first focusing on yourself and either having to give it out it's like the teacup metaphor like you can't pour from an empty cup like you need to first fill your own cup and then when you do so much that it overflows you have enough to give others and like exactly. what you said about parents some parents think it's wrong of them to focus on themselves and give full attention to their kids. But if you focus on yourself, your health, your mental health, all of that is good and you still have enough to give to your kids, like the kids also will look after them like, shit, like they're actually like superheroes.
0: Exactly. Like they are
1: doing for themselves and they're like, have enough to give for me as well. And that doesn't mean, I mean, yes, there are situations where financial... Time wise, where well, let's say you work working two jobs, you don't have enough time to give. But if you focus on developing yourself, even that little time, will be, you'll be able to give them love and not the stress that you have. You'll be able exactly. to regulate yourself so that when you're in that situation, you're in your joy. Yeah. They bring you joy rather than bringing that mentality that you had for the whole day at work into the household. Like being able to regulate those.
0: Exactly. Instead of being like, what am I doing? It's who am I being? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not that, like, what am I doing for others? Like, who am I being? What is the example? Mm. Like, take that step back, look at myself and like objectively, and this is hard because we're so attached yeah. to everything through our emotions. And again, this is one of the powerful tools of like breath work and meditation and a lot of also journaling where you can actually like gain perspective. You're no longer in the emotion. You're no longer triggered. You're no longer stressed. You're no, you can actually step back and be like, ah. Oh, if I objectively look at my behavior, what would I change?
1: Mm. And
0: it's, it's really hard because, yeah. you know, we attach worth onto right or wrong, or I'm not good enough, or I, you know, you're disappointed, like all these things come up that emotionally drag us, keeping yeah. us into that low kind of survival mode. But when we're able to like, let go, detach, and really like, okay, who can I be an example of? I think that is really powerful. Mm. And, you know, just finding five minutes if you find five minutes yeah. every day, it will turn into six, it will turn into seven, it will turn yeah. into eight. And, you know, the more you prioritize your health, your happiness and your stress, you know, it's again, it's like going instead of re- reacting to life is responding, responding to life. Yes. And like that's where you have a choice. And that's when a lot of people are like. I don't have a choice. Mm. Life happens to me. This happens to me. And yes. Stuff does happen to us that we can't control. We can't control where we're born, the family we're born into, but we can control or we can, you know, change. We can choose how we respond to things. Mm. Like bad situations can happen to us, but we can be like, okay, am I going to be a victim or am I going to take this as an example and allow it to kind of change? Or what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Because Everything moves in cycles. We all Mm. change. It's when we stick and we hold on and we don't want to let go because we we don't feel that safety and that trust in our body and our nervous system that that when we drag down, Mm. you know, the seasons, the cycles, everything is moving, evolving. And it's like the universe is always saying to us, like, evolve or just like stop. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's your choice. And that is your choice. We mm. all have a choice. Am I choosing to take the time to learn how to regulate myself? Exactly. Am I taking the time to manage my stress? And that is a choice. And a lot of the times it feels like it's not a choice, but mm. that responsibility of it is a choice.
1: I think the difficulty there of that it doesn't seem like a choice. It's because a lot of people, when you say stuff like affect your life or now, we say like things in our life affected our behaviors now. A lot of people view it as like one big traumatic event that should happen only then on your life is a negative or something like that. And they're like, I didn't have a traumatic experience. So I don't have a choice here. This is just the way I am. But like not realizing that traumas are even those small behaviors that are repeated over and over and then just stack up and it becomes like a big wall. And then at one point, like when you talk about the shame, you're always crashing into the wall and that's what stops you from finding your authentic self. So it won't be one big event that kind of gets you to that authentic self. You have created that wall. It's when you get those opportunities of, oh, here I'm hitting the wall again. This is the trigger or the kind of reaction I'm having. This is an opportunity for me to change that behavior. And then looking into how do I change it? What are the other mindsets, the options, the practices I can have? To in each option, in each situation like that, an opportunity you get to change the behavior, and then little by little you're taking the bricks off till there is no wall.
0: Exactly. And it's
1: not a. A lot of people think it's one traumatic thing makes my life bad. Then one big like breath of accession or like real, like you know big event I go for something's going to change my life.
0: It's almost like again that savior complex yeah. coming in. <laughs> like the prince is going to come and save <laughs> me. Like you know, God or someone is just going to come and save me. My sins will be redeemed. And it's like, no, your responsibility is to make these small changes every day. And they're mundane and they're boring. And it's hard at first because your mind works on a pattern. It wants Mm. the path of least resistance. So when you bring in change, it's uncomfortable because your mind just wants to keep you safe. And Mm. I think it's also realizing that, you know, especially with, you know, when you want to find your authenticity and you've got to kind of accept your shame, like what you feel in your body is uncomfortable because your body's like but we want to stay on this path of least resistance i want to keep you safe so your nervous system the way you're thinking is always there to keep you safe yeah. and there was a time when you holding on to that shame and shadow or blame was the safest thing you could do and so it's realizing okay i can do these things like if i bring in a regular breathwork practice and i start to make the daily changes and i build up you know my nervous system and I create these positive stress response and I have a healthier mindset like the safety kind of net gets bigger Mm. instead of being like in this survival mode of just like everyone's attacking me and yeah and I say this with full disclaimer like I still feel at times like people are attacking me you know what I mean like I'll be chatting with my partner and he's like I'm not attacking you and my my nervous system is like yes you are and it's like (laughs) no like None of us are perfect and it's always us trying. But when we bring in these nervous system regulation trainings, like we we really do manage to release the tension from our body Mm. and our world expands because especially a lot in breath work, like, you know, there's a lot of techniques we do where we go into the unknown where we and, you know, the unknown is just like what you don't know. Your the known is your you know the wall the reality you Mm -hmm. live in is the known and that's what your parents your society have created for you normally.
1: And I think that's what it connects with what you said. Like the safety is the known, right? Like what you know is safe, even though it's bad for you. Even if it's bad for you, it's having a negative impact on you. You know it. Like you
0: know
1: the outcome. Even if it's a bad outcome, you know the outcome. Yeah. And something like unknown. You don't know how it'll end up so like that unknown is so unsafe right? it's so a risk unsafe. in a sense
0: yeah and there's always you know that rhetoric of like don't bother risking it all like <laughs> this is good enough yeah, yeah what happens if you lose everything instead of being like if I if I put myself out there if I step into the unknown and I'm courageous it's gonna be 10 times better mm. but it's just that mindset that yeah. blocks us like don't bother you could lose yeah. everything. That lack again exactly. is coming in. Like you could have nothing and then exactly. like that, that never happens. And it's also
1: if you want change, you can't have change by doing the same thing. No. Or, but you have been doing like before over and over. Something needs to be different.
0: Exactly. And that's
1: the unknown. You have yeah. to try something that you don't know how it will turn out, how it will end up
0: exactly and it's like what's it the definition of like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a change Different
1: output and
0: I think like we can all like resonate with that where we're like I'm doing the same thing over and over and it's not changing why yeah. and it's like because it doesn't make sense and same thing you said there like the familiar mm. like your family is your familiar yeah. and what you know and what you've been taught may not necessarily be the best thing for you you're like, nothing is positive or negative. It's our association we put on it, exactly. onto it. It's our relationship with it that gives it that kind of good or bad or something. So it's realizing that, like you said, there are some things that are not healthy for us or are not serving mm. us. And they feel really comfortable. You know, a lot of my life, like I spent a lot of my 20s traveling, like from place to place. I own nothing. Everything I own, fitness suitcase or a car, because I had so much... It was like my coping mechanism from when I was a kid and then my dad left that it was like, if you own nothing, nothing can be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. So I really thought that I was this transient person who owned nothing. And then actually, when I took a look into my shadow, I realized that I was so terrified of, again, being that poor little girl that the dad left, we moved house and you had nothing. And again, I assumed the responsibility, of course. I'm like a kid, you think you've done something wrong because that's how your nervous system deals with it. Mm. So I think I'm this like bohemian person. And yes, that was very much part of who I was. But at the same time, I was terrified. Mm. I was, I would go and look around like, through shops, secondhand shops, and like dream of like, I'd love to buy a sofa. I'd love to buy like a chest (laughs) of drawers. I would love, like a home was something that my heart yearned, but I, I, had, I couldn't do it. It was like this yeah, block because yeah. I was just so terrified that one day it's all going to get taken away. And that was a conditioning that has been since I was a kid. And yeah. I had to go through a lot of things. And still I have, there are times when I wobble, when my nervous system, when that pattern, that fear comes up mm. and I'm like, everything's going to be taken away. What happens if you wake up with nothing tomorrow? And I logistically, rationally know that's not going to happen, but still there's a part of me that I have to honour that part. Hmm. I have to honour that and it's always like going back to that little girl and being like you're okay like you can feel this way I'm going to honour the emotion I'm not going to push it down but we're fine but it's just like looking at that with courage and it takes it took a long time to first bring awareness into it and secondly to be able to stand in front of it without melting down all the time and being like we're safe it's okay
1: What was kind of the process to, because now you do live in a house. (laughs) Like (laughs) you have your own place. (laughs) And like furniture, everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's gone from one experience (laughs) to another. Like living years in a van and then being transient and having Mm. nothing to this. It took a lot of time and energy and commitment to myself, uh, to getting to know myself again to understanding where these came from. And that's how I personally came into sharing breathwork with others because my life was very different about five years ago. And I, it was after my mum passed away that I realised that I was making a lot of shitty decisions. And it was in her passing that I realised that I have a choice in everything. And I need to start making some choices. Otherwise, you're going to be going down a way that you don't want to be living. And so I was fortunate enough to be in the time and the position to invest that time, to really invest a lot of time. And I spent three years doing everything and, you know, meditation, subconscious mind reprogramming, breath work. Like I say, I went on a spiritual bender. You know, I did an ayahuasca retreat. I did a vipassana. I did a intensive breathwork retreat all in the space of six months. And I really pushed it and I really gave all my time because I was just so aware that if I don't choose to let go of the past, it's gonna create my future without me even mm. realizing. So I think that is how and then building trust and always always for me is breathwork, breathwork, because in a time that we feel that it's hard to feel, in a time that it's hard to acknowledge our emotions and a lot of my life I spent cold and shut off, just being, making everyone else happy mm. and I'll just, I'll fix this the a do okay. Exactly, yeah. this facade, this kind of performance. Mm. And it took a long time to learn to get to know myself and that was very scary. But breathwork really brings you back from your body. It gets you out of your head and into your heart and it allows you to build up your nervous system. It allows you to build that trust. I am safe within my body and I can trust myself because for a long time, I really couldn't. I really couldn't.
1: Mm. Well, that's
0: interesting. And what about you? What about your experience with breathwork?
1: So for me, Before coming to breathwork, it was over COVID time. Went through a few bad experiences, like a breakup and stuff. And I didn't have my usual distractions, which was family and like weed or drugs or whatever it was. And that was a kind of a point where I was forced into looking for something else because I didn't have my usual distractions. And I was like, okay, this is a lot of dependency on external stuff. So then I started looking into stuff like meditation, working out, like stuff like that, that I could do myself. I didn't need an external place, person, or even like money to do. So then I landed on meditation, which was very helpful. And it was COVID, like you got nothing else to do. You can meditate for like (laughs) a whole day just at home. So I had the time and the... Opportunity and I think something we spoke about also that's very important for that self-discovery for someone to push themselves. The two things are the like the crisis and the pause. Yeah. There's something bad in a sense has to happen in your life that really makes you question life. And then not having the external distractions that give you easy fixes. is that forcing yourself to sit with that. sit in that and find within like what what are the tools I have I possess not where I depend on something external and like so that period was like perfect like now looking back on it it was a blessing that all of that happened then and like that it got me to this process so it was meditation that I kept doing and that helped me so like we say the response and the reaction Like, it's easy to say that, oh, when a situation comes up, fine, like, realize, you know, this is a trigger, all of that. But you have such a small time from, like, when the trigger happens for you to react. It's so hard. That, like, (laughs) only by the time it's ended, you're like, what did I just do? Like, I let my emotions take over and take control. And I said stuff that I didn't mean to. I did stuff that I didn't want to. Stuff like that. So meditation helps with increasing that pause between the trigger and... The reaction So then in that pause it was I got the opportunity to kind of fit in a word or something that made me question it more and like distract myself from reacting and giving me the opportunity to respond. Yeah so that was the meditation that it helped me do then and I started a lot of those realizations that I mentioned, like why I'm doing stuff that I'm not interested in, when there are stuff that I'm interested in and I've just like sh- hidden them away so I could question like that and then it went to yoga where it was more fi- like being in tune with your body meditation was the mind the yoga was the body and like figuring out stuff like you know your flexibility your limitations like being proud of yourself You're like little little progresses. then I came across a mid- like one of your uh, stories someone shared it on their thing and I found it and I was like oh this seems interesting let me try it and then when I tried breath work it was that perfect combination between the body and the mind, where it, it connected both really well. And it brought that sense of, for lack of a better word, balance, where all those mindsets, like, the fear was able to move away, and the mindsets were able to, like, take over, where then the pause increased, and, like, the reaction was, like, non-existent, in a sense. Like, I still sometimes do snap and get angry, but, like, it's so much less and like breathwork helped strengthen that connection and that's like that was my kind of journey of breathwork and I, I enjoyed that that it was strengthening that like those two helped improve the mind and the body and this helped connect it Yeah. so that's my like trifecta of tools because yeah. all three of those you have with yourself right like when it comes to meditation you just need time and like a place to sit you just need to sit Yoga, I mean, you can even do it without the mat. You don't really need the mat. You just need your body. It's like body weight exercises in a sense. And breath work, you always have your breath. So like those three were those tools I found in that moment that I don't need to depend on anything external. Those three in any moment, I can use them. And that was my...
0: Nice. And that's really nice. It's kind of like the mind, the body, and then the bridge between the two. And that is the breath. It's kind of like... Also, when we learn, when the, you know, when we go down this deep dive rabbit hole, we start to learn a lot of stuff in the mind. Mm. You know, we kind of understand things. But for me, it was like breathwork allowed me to embody it. You kind of send that energy, like you say, from your headspace into your heart space. And you're like, ah, I get it. Like, you can understand to a limit, right? But when you feel it and you embody it and you're like, oh, I feel, you know, I remember the first time doing breathwork and I felt unconditional love for the first time in my heart space. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is what I think unconditional love (laughs) feels like for myself and I'm like 30 years old in my garden with my dogs around me doing breath work like and I'm like oh wow I think I've embodied something and it's like then the words seem so they seem like nothing because they're just words you know and I think that's also the beautiful thing about this kind of meditation and breath work these kind of mindset practices is that you know it's it's a feeling is greater than perhaps what our language can say right we dumb it down to a language or like we just like our words are everything like Mm. and there's something really beautiful you said like you know in the trigger we can say something that we don't want to say like our communication is so powerful because you can ruin a 10-year relationship in one sentence yeah you know, that is the power of our words. Yeah. And this is a beautiful tie because this is going to be the topic that we're going to be doing next week or next yeah. month. Sorry. So but like something so powerful, like you have to when you learn to regulate your triggers, you do bring that choice in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, breathwork, meditation, yoga are one holistic approach um, to really getting to know yourself. And I think it's very important what you said there about it normally takes a big life dramatic event or an event for us to really make change. Maybe that's a death. Maybe that's, you know, uh, a health issue or something or a natural disaster or COVID to really make that change because that's when the kind of like the rug is pulled out beneath us. But the second really important part is that quiet. Mm. You have to stop listening to everyone else around you. You have to stop seeking external validation and you have to go within. And at first it's hard, you know, when you close your eyes and and you try not to think, you're not not going to think. <laughs> and then your mind's going to go, you shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, we've got other stuff to do. And, oh, think about your email or have you looked at your phone recently? Or, you know, those, your mind is going to go from that. And I think that's the most, meditation is a wonderful tool, but it's a lot harder than breath work. Yeah. Breath work is this embodiment of the, and it's a very active meditation. So it's a lot easier to reach an altered state of consciousness, Mm. or it's a lot easier to embody things, especially with our society. And I think that's why you see a lot to do with breath right nowadays. Yeah. A lot, it has boomed. Even ever since when I started doing my training, it has boomed Mm. because we're ready for it. We're Mm. ready to start embodying our feelings and to stop locking down our emotions. And that's why you see people crying on a floor and all these different things. And it can seem like a lot, but like we are held in so much for so long that it's it's now time for, as a collective, a change. Mm. Like, stop trying to just be approved of or be a certain person or to fit in a certain mould. It really is about honouring yourself, your authenticity and coming back to that. And I think breathwork has come in a time where it's really needed as Mm. a tool, really needed.
1: And what you said about language and the words, when doing branding for clients even that's a big struggle I see them having because it's a misconception of how you use words as well because when it comes to trying to get someone to figure out their vision mission statement and this happened with you as well (laughs) you struggled with it it's that you're asking them to define this thing they are so passionate about and that means everything to them Mm -hmm. so like you use all the words it means everything right But then figuring out how you can get across that meaning to people. And what I usually tell people when they come to that, like, but I can't define it. Like, what if it becomes this? What if it changes? And I'm like, the understanding of that is a definition is not to restrict, but to explain. Yeah. So when you say a vision or mission statement, it's not that this is what my brand is or this is who I am. So this goes to self-development as well. So it's like not this is what my brand is or this is who I am for the rest of eternity. It's this is who I am now.
0: Yeah.
1: In a year, that who I am can be completely different. Your mission changes. Yeah. Your definition changes. This happens with so many brands we see. Like when you scale up, it has to change. Yeah, you know? it evolves, like, it yeah, moves, it grows. You're not a startup anymore. You're not a yeah. small company. Like things change. So that definition is more of an explanation. And I think when I told you this as well for your brand, you were like, Oh, okay, like it can change. Cool. Like then I yeah, find yeah, it like put yeah, words exactly. there. Yeah. I think
0: there's like that part of ourselves that believes you have to make one decision. Like imagine like a parent telling me you have to make a decision and yeah. you have to stick to it. You know, And know? I think that's like, where it
1: stems from, right? Yes, it's that exactly. society being like you have to study one thing, then do like, go to uni for that and then work in that industry or career for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, once you pick that, you're picking that as a kid. Yeah, and don't change your mind. Yeah, you're stuck with it. And if you change your mind, things go bad. Like, there is that fear added to it as well. Yeah. But, like, it's... No, you can re like, evolve, you know? You can change your whole trajectory.
0: You can wake up tomorrow a different person. If you put enough effort in, it will be hard, but you can It's (laughs) not that it will
1: always go, good, you'll have to take a few steps back Yeah. because you are restarting. Yeah. But then it might be a better end. Like, you know, you'll never know if you don't, try.
0: Especially if it feels good for you. Exactly. If it feels good for you and you follow the feelings and what feels right from that place of like, what's authentic for me it's Mm. always going to do better. But it's just that conditioning of, it's almost like if you change your mind, you failed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you changed your mind or you're fickle. Yeah. Or like that whimsical, like, oh, can't you think of something and stick to it? You know, that kind of thing. So... I think it's really important to have that courage to change if it feels authentic to you.
1: Mm. And I think also the authentic self, it's really hard for people to figure that out. I feel like that's the most difficult thing. So what do you think, I mean, what would your suggestion be on some tools relating to breathwork that they can use to create?
0: So I would first begin, I would honor it for like, don't be looking for an answer.
1: You're not looking for an answer
0: tomorrow, you're looking, you're, you're doing one step and every day you're doing one step forward. And I would start off by asking yourself like, what are my values? What do I like spending my money on, bubbles? <laughs> what lights me up? You know, what do I spend my time off doing? You know, and what brings excitement and joy? What did I enjoy to do as a kid? Mm. And you write those things down and you write bullet point lists and maybe you do one question a day and you allow that to resonate in your mind and start to question. And then you bring it into your day and like, OK, I have five minutes today in between work or in between something. What can I do that excites me? Maybe you go and watch the sunset. Maybe you go and spend five minutes. Maybe you pick up your book. Just we're bringing in curiosity.
1: And something very simple. Right? Super not simple.
0: Too. I'm not on about things that cost loads of money or do yeah. anything like that. This is what feels good in my body. Or your body, and going that way, and I would I would bring those questions in, and then I would bring in some breath work. I would sit. I would, particularly myself, what I would do, I would bring in five minutes of breath work, and I would sit and breathe for five minutes. I'd ground into my body, and then I would maybe look at one of those questions and see what comes up. If you've got five minutes, start with that. If you've got ten minutes, do ten minutes. And what we do when we do breath work first, you've blocked out the outside world, you've re-regulated your nervous system, and you've really allowed you to ground yourself into your energy, and that's where your authenticity lives. So it's really important, okay, let's just calm down the nervous system, take a few minutes of breathing, then ask myself that question, and just get really reflective, and, you know, start with five minutes, the next day do six minutes, then maybe do seven minutes, and don't have an expectation of that I need to do this, and we're not looking for the answer, we're just questioning, and that mm. the beauty of it is, like, the answer will come if you continually ask questions. So don't focus on that. The outcome is going to come. Just focus your energy on, like, I'm going to question what is curious for me, what excites me.
1: It's so about changing that behavior, kind of, adding something new, right? Exactly, so exactly. So that the change will come when it's ready. It will
0: come. It will come. It's getting that curious, you know, okay, I finished work today. What am I going to do for me today mm. that excites me?
1: And if anyone wants a breathwork practice, you have those on your... YouTube channel? Yes
0: you can see on the YouTube channel and please I encourage you if you're new to breathwork send me a question on Instagram please just ask reach out ask I'm here to anything you want to know you can find on YouTube we've got five minutes ten minutes for you to really begin your breathwork journey and it's you just got to begin you just got to have the courage to begin.
1: Nice I think that will do for the first episode.
0: I think so too. (laughs) So guys should I say a little thank you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you all for joining us today. For I think we did quite well, considering the electricity has still not come on. Yeah. <laughs> so if we look particularly glowy, we survived. And thank you so much for joining, for giving us your time and your attention. And I hope you found value in this. And I hope that... I know, I know the right people that find this will find value mm. in this, because I'm actually really grateful to hold this space as well to discuss, to, because we're all on our own journey. So... Yeah. It is really an honor to hold this space. So thank you very much. This podcast is a creator cast production.